Well, thank you for joining me today on Financially Speaking. My name is Mitch Slater. I'm a Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor with UBS Wealth Management in Westfield, New Jersey. Where along with my partners, Anne and Crystal, we do our best to bring you advice beyond investing and address our clients' most challenging financial needs. It's my sincere hope that each and every episode of this podcast will educate you on personal finance and real-life business issues of the day. So let's jump right in. I've often been told the second time's the charm, or maybe the third time, but since today is the second time, I've been lucky enough to bring this guest to you. I think the real charm is for my audience, who gets to hear again, especially now during our quarantine of 2020, from Kim Kalp. Now, if you missed our first interview, I strongly suggest listening when you can, as today I'm not going to focus on her incredible rise to being, as she calls it, an accidental entrepreneur. But today, we're going to talk to Kim about improving yourself during this pandemic is going to be the key to thriving through it rather than just surviving it. But let me first review just a little bit about Kim, because it's not every day you get to sit down or virtually talk to somebody this time that hangs out with superheroes, Oprah, baseball teams like my favorite, the New York Mets. Musicians like Paul McCartney, Bob Dylan, Kiss, Katy Perry, name dropping a few. And oh, yeah, she was a judge on Miss USA in Reno, I think, last year. But I will save the best for last, and I mentioned it earlier. But most of you probably saw Kim on one of the early seasons of Shark Tank, which are repeated 24 hours a day on CNBC. She wowed four out of the five judges pitching an investment in her company, which is now known as the Superfan Company. And I haven't even scratched the surface, so you can listen to the earlier show. But welcome back to Financially Speaking, Kim Cow. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be back. Oh, well, same here. And I tell you, it really seems a lifetime ago. We were sitting in the New York City studio, less than six feet from each other, no masks. <laughs> and at the end of the day, although every day brings challenges, we really had no worries. But as Sinatra sang, that's life. So here we are now, me and my home office in Westfield, New Jersey, and you laying low, I believe, in beautiful Austin, Texas. So let me start off quoting you from your most recent Coffee with Kim LinkedIn live show, which was held earlier this week. And I believe these are all on Wednesdays, right, Kim? Correct. Every Wednesday. Okay. So you said you want to be on the right side of history and you refuse to let this bump in the road, albeit the biggest one we've lived through in our lifetimes, slow you down from your mission of engaging with your customers and your networks. So Kim, a lot of people struggling, a lot of people trying to figure a way out. Where do you find the inner strength to feel that way every day? Listen, I mean, we, we all have our good days and our bad days. That is for sure. But I think at the end of it, we really have to look at this opportunity and say, how can we continue to improve ourselves, which to me is sort of the foundational aspect of this entire process of this pandemic is how do we make ourselves better when we come out of this as opposed to before. And I think just having that attitude of every single day is a new chance. And listen, we live in a crazy world right now where you can turn on the news and see 
horrible places all over the world where people don't have the freedom to make choices. They don't have the freedom to access education. They don't have the freedom to learn and study and read and listen to wonderful podcasts like this. So I think even on our worst, worst day here, it is somebody's best day somewhere else. And so that really helps kind of pull me out of the funk because we all get in those funks, but it really helps pull me back and say, I have an opportunity right now. How do I make sure not to spoil it? So really perspective, I guess, is kind of what you're saying is, you know, being able to look at the bigger picture and, and your own situation. Perspective is, is everything for sure. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about you and, and your business for a few minutes is clearly 2020, which I think started for you. You were finishing up the Oprah tour, obviously taking quite a turn. So I guess the first question that you know, it's kind of obvious is how are you maintaining your culture with your employees? Because you're, you're running a, a, you know, a pretty large organization that is involved doing so many different things at once, usually. For us and, and the employees and the culture at the company, it's really about how do we continue to help one another? How do we continue to help our clients and our customers? And how do we continue to support ourselves during this time. I think sometimes you are so focused on putting everybody else's life jacket on that you forget about yourself. And so what we've done to create a grounding consistency, because I think that's another thing separately that the, the pandemic has taken away from all of us is consistency and it's taken away routine. And as humans, we love routine. It's why you put little children to bed at the same time every night. And it's why you sometimes get the same salad every single day for lunch. You know, we, we crave routine. It feels good. It's consistent. And so this pandemic has obviously thrown everybody's routine and everybody's consistency out the window. So we said, we know that the old ways that we used to be consistent, we no longer have. So how do we create new consistencies? So for example, for us, and I've encouraged other teams to do this as well, we do a morning video call every single morning at 10 a.m., you are on that video with your face, checking in with the team, even if the call is 10 minutes or 20 minutes. It's a consistency for us that we've started since March. And so here we are almost into June. And that consistency has really helped center us in the ways that maybe when we went into the office and you would grab a cup of coffee or a tea and sort of chit chat with your team or your coworkers, we don't have that anymore. So how do we create a virtual version of that? And it's really something that also helps keep us focused on the days of the week. You know, that's something that we were talking about earlier. Sometimes it can seem like Groundhog Day during this pandemic, because again, you're not commuting to work and you're not necessarily going to dinners or places with friends. And so in addition to that consistency, how do you also create a routine that you're feeling like, okay, Monday through Friday, I know that I'm on these video calls and on the weekends, I don't have them. And what's unique about your organization is that you're really an organization that's on the go. I mean, I know that you are constantly all over the world, involved in so many different things. And so many of the people that work for you are that way. And now all of a sudden, everybody's home. And that must be a really unique thing because, I mean, again, the I don't know, how long was your tour with Oprah? I mean, it was a few months. 
It was a three-month tour. So yes, this is the longest stretch that I've been home in probably nine years, probably since starting the company, but it's been refreshing. And I've tried to use that extra time to tap into my creativity and cook. You know, cooking was something that I used to do sometimes, but obviously now doing more than ever and just trying to explore creativity in new ways. And I actually think that ends up helping my business. So it's sort of one of those things that's selfishly great. It's it's wonderful to be creative, but it also ends up helping the business as well. So how are you engaging, though, with your customers? So, for example, let's talk about the Mets, just throwing them out there because I think about them day and night, and it's killing me and my 93-year-old mother, who's also a huge Met fan, not having baseball, and I'm literally watching games from 50 years ago to, to occupy my time. But how are you engaging with some of your customers during this time? Because it's different for everybody. I mean, you know, obviously, they're not playing ball. They're not doing the events. Exactly. We've made a really conscious effort to say we are going to engage with clients the way they want to engage. I know that I've been on the receiving end of well-meaning vendors and partners that we work with who are calling me two, three times a week. And it's draining to answer these calls when you don't have the answers and you don't know what's going on. And so we didn't want to cause that sort of angst or anxiety with our clients. So at the beginning of this, we said, we're here and we're going to continue to check in with you maybe once a month, but we're not going to you know, check in with you 17 times a week. And you know that we're here if you need us. And that was very deliberate because I knew that everyone was going to process this pandemic in a different way. And for some people, being home has been incredibly difficult. And with children, another thing of being incredible, or some people that have elderly parents or family members that are now moved in with them, another layer of incredibly difficult. So really respectfully saying, we know how we're handling this, but we don't know how somebody else is handling this, nor do we want to try to guess. So we'll let you come to us when you need us. We'll let you reach out. And it's not because we don't care. We just want to be respectful of your space. Yeah. And it's interesting because we took a similar approach. And again, we're working with people's money, which is, you know, obviously for some people, the most important thing in their life should be their family. But we made an effort and actually put a video out really within the first 10 days to show our clients specifically where we were working in my home, in my partner's home, what's going on in our lives and letting them know that nothing has changed. And this is when obviously the market was under a lot of daily volatility and letting them know that we're here, but we're not going to bother you every day because we know you're going through a lot of challenges. And, you know, we set up a structured kind of format in working with people. And obviously people can call whenever they want. But I think starting off like that was really, really important. And it was interesting because on your Coffee with Kim that you took an informal poll about employer-employee relationships. And talk a little bit about what you found out from that and kind of what your takeaway was. I was really surprised. You know, the poll function on LinkedIn is new. It's only been out for about two weeks, and I've done, I think, three at this point. And 
it's been amazing to me. You know, I think a lot more people engage because it's quick and it's just one click. And so it's been amazing to see. But what we really found from that poll is that employers, in my opinion, are not doing a great job of engaging their employees. And I know that a lot of these big Fortune 500 companies, they're worried about their stocks and they're worried about their purchase price and they're worried about their forecasts. And But they're not worrying about their most important asset, which is their employees. Because without a good employee base and without those good ideas coming from employees, nothing else matters. You will be dead in the water. And so it's amazing to me to see how they are maybe sort of forgetting about their most valuable asset. But what we found from the poll was that the engagement for some of these companies with their employees, even though this crazy pandemic has hit and they're now working from home and things are totally on their head, has been nothing, has been kind of business as usual as if it's a regular Tuesday. And if they have engaged anymore, it's maybe a couple more emails or video calls, which just to me seems really a missed opportunity because I think what's also going to happen during this pandemic is people are going to really see the true colors of their employers and really see how they showed up because that's, you know, that's the big quote that's on all the doctor's offices and the dentist's office. It's how you show up when things get hard. You know, that's what, that's what counts. And so I think a lot of true colors are going to start coming out, but I was really surprised that there wasn't a lot of physical reaching out. I know we can't physically touch people, but what I mean by physically reaching out is packages being sent in the mail or even just a handwritten card from someone's boss saying, you know, I know this is tough on our marketing team, but hey, Susie, I'm here for you. I don't know. It just to me was like, wow, nothing? That's yeah, it's, it's, it's disappointing. And I think in general, I think that's what's happening. I've seen it with some organizations. Our organization actually has been really on top of it. And it's something I wouldn't have expected in my industry. But I think it comes from the top, from the kind of leaders that we currently have. And But I've noticed it with other organizations. In fact, the one my wife and my daughter work at, nothing. So, you know, it's, it's, it, it, is, it is interesting how people are handling that. And you're right. This is the time when it matters. It's super surprising. And I also just, you know, that's why we've put a, a sort of poll and flag in the sand and said, if you need help, come to us. You know, we've done employee appreciation boxes. We've done virtual conference boxes. You know, there, there are ways to engage even though we're far apart. And just because it's hard doesn't mean you should give up. It's hard, but you can do it. There are ways. Right. Having lived through 9-11 and remembering what that experience is like, and again, this is uniquely different, but when you lose the human touch, which is kind of what we've lost, you, you've got to have some some kind of a touch, just something to make people feel you know, included. And I feel so, much, so bad for so many people that live alone in apartments in major cities, New York especially, of course, because that's got to be extra, extra challenging, you know, when you're not seeing anybody, you're really being extra careful. But so those of you who spend a lot of time on LinkedIn certainly have seen Kim as she not only is very helpful, as we said, with her Wednesday Coffee with Kim show, but she's always posting great ideas, speaking very frankly about what she's learning in her business and about branding. And she's been doing this for a number of years. And recently we were talking with on our show with Brian Teej of LinkedIn and Dan Swift of Empire Selling, who both actually helped create 
so much of the LinkedIn experiences and Sales Navigator and actually LinkedIn Learning. Dan created that. And, and one of the things that they said is that the profile page remains the magical page that too many people get wrong. And I know from conversations I've had and from, from listening to you a lot that you have some really strong feelings about how people can improve theirs, especially now. So I thought maybe you could throw a couple of tips in there for folks. Absolutely. And I, I've been, again, trying to hammer in that people should be thriving through this pandemic and not surviving it. And so all of those things, LinkedIn being one of the most guilty whenever I ask people, hey, you know, it doesn't look like you've updated your LinkedIn for a while, or it kind of looks like that's an older picture of you. People say, oh, well, I've just been so busy. I haven't gotten around to it. Well, there's lots of time now. <laughs> you know, there's plenty of time to get around to it because you're not going anywhere. So I think LinkedIn is a, a great place to start to help really improving your job offers, improving who's finding you, improving connections and resources. So I compiled five of my biggest the resources that I'm just like, if every single person could do these five things that are not that hard, you know, they're five, 10 minutes each, it would drastically improve their career. And so it's available on my website. It's completely free for you to download. And I've gotten so many messages from people saying, wow, this was amazing. I've totally redone my profile. I now have people reaching out to me because I think what people also don't realize is when I say search engine, they think of Google. Oh, I'll Google it. And what they don't realize is LinkedIn is a search engine. If I'm looking for a web developer, I can literally in LinkedIn type in web developer NYC and they will put profiles out. And not only will they put profiles out, they'll show me how I'm connected to that person. So I might see, oh, this person's connected to Mitch. And you know, it turns out, I don't know, that's your cousin or something. I can reach out and say, hey, it looks like you're connected with this person. I need a good web designer. Do you recommend them? And you could say, absolutely. And boom, there's a new clientele. But if you know, that person didn't have web designer in their profile, they would have never shown up. And so people don't realize it's a, it's a huge important part of being found and opportunities finding you to making sure that you're ready for them and that you're able to be found. So I think LinkedIn is a really powerful place to start. Oh, absolutely. And, and that content that's on your website, if anyone will link to it, but it's really kimcalp.com and it pops right up. And it's really great. I can't tell you, someone who spent many, many years with LinkedIn has worked with employees, has clients that are employees, have spent time in, in San Francisco with LinkedIn from, from the early, early days. This is just really critical stuff, and there's not nearly enough training going on at organizations. Everybody claims they're a LinkedIn consultant, but a lot of companies don't take advantage of it. So I think it's important. So I mentioned LinkedIn learning courses. You had done a great one last year, which was just really terrific. But you kind of leaked out, so I'm going to throw it out there, that you just finished putting together kind of a COVID emergency class for small businesses. You shared your no pants teaser, which was which was great. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the reality of, of what we're doing. But maybe give us a hint of what to expect. And this, hopefully this show will air in conjunction maybe when that is released. 
I'm really excited. It's it's released, so I haven't promoted it quite yet, but I'm working on what that's that rollout's going to look like. But it actually is out, which is so exciting. So if you go to LinkedIn, it's on my profile, or if you go to LinkedIn Learning, it's on there. But I quickly, when this pandemic hit, got together with LinkedIn and said, we have got to do something around small business owners. They are going to be hit hard by this. And I always say Wall Street is going to be totally fine, but Main Street is a place we have to worry about because these small business owners, they don't have the resources, they don't have the knowledge to survive this like the big corporations do who have thousands of lawyers on retainer and thousands of advisors and shareholders. The mom and pop store doesn't have all of those resources. So how do we get that knowledge, that valuable knowledge to them? And so lucky for me, LinkedIn was totally on board and we really put together this course as quickly as we could because we knew that people needed to get it. And what's so great is the course is actually available internationally. So if you're in London, if you're in Germany, if you're any of these places, you can also view the course. It's not just for the US. And we try to tailor it around being in any place, how you're going to survive this pandemic and how you're going to navigate through this crisis. And it's about 30 minutes long. It is the cost of two coffees. The course is $9.95. But if you cannot afford it, I never, never, never want money to be the reason a small business owner cannot get their hands on this course. So if that is you, please, please, please message me. You know, No questions asked. I have talked to LinkedIn and gotten them to agree to give me a handful of free codes where people don't have to pay if they cannot afford it. So if you can't afford it, please let me know. I don't want that to be why you're not getting your hands on this information. Oh, that's so great, Kim. And that's really so nice that you're offering that. And I, I really look forward to sharing that with my network and, and also with my, my firm who are out there doing a lot with small businesses as well, because you're absolutely right. Main Street is a problem and it's not going to get better overnight, certainly in the hardest hit areas like we are here in, in New York and New Jersey. Now, you also said something the other day that I thought was interesting, but I'm going to let you explain it. You said, if you're not the lead dog, your view never changes. What do you mean by that? That's one of my favorite sayings. And the reason I say it all the time is you have to find that inner competitor, that inner warrior inside you that we all have. And I know we all have it because we are human. And as human, we are set to constantly evolve, whether it's flight or fight and it's cavemen, and we are programmed to survive and adapt. And I think sometimes people get extremely comfortable in their jobs and comfortable with what they know. And that comfort to me, is the start of your demise. You have to wake up every day with that sort of caveman mentality of how am I going to get better and survive today? And so being the lead dog and not being one of the dogs in the in the back of the pack who's looking at all the other dogs' butts as they <laughs> run along, you know, really being that lead dog is important. And so I talk about that concept all the time because it doesn't have to be 
this big, robust, aggressive, Gary V style, hustle hard or you're going to die. It can be as simple as sign up for a newsletter. You know, I don't know what your industry is, finance or marketing or medicine. Sign up for an industry newsletter and, and make a commitment to read that once a week or listening to podcasts like this. Another great example, little ways that you can improve yourself or learn something because so often what I hear from people, and it's true for myself as well, is you will listen to something that you think has absolutely nothing to do with your business, nothing. And then three days later, you're in a meeting, something pops up, you spit it out, and it makes it as part of the brainstorm. And the idea where it came from, it had nothing to do with sort of your day-to-day life. And so listening to podcasts, reading books, reading newsletters, joining LinkedIn Live sessions like Coffee with Kim, every single part of that can be you making yourself just a little bit better. Well, it's all about education. I mean, and this is something that kind of brings me back to a lot of conversations I had with my kids when they were deciding on classes in college and and I would be telling them things to take and they would look at me like I had three heads. Why would I want to take that? And I would explain that, you know, it's really important that you have a little bit of that pop culture, that maybe you take that course in art, maybe you take that course in philosophy, or maybe you take that course in music or or film or, or something that you think you know everything about, then suddenly there might be something that comes out of that one day and you'll be in a meeting and you'll be able to understand a reference from Gone with the Wind or a Hitchcock film or Little Richard or, or whatever it is in life. And and I think that that's just, you got to keep being educated. And this is, happens to be a great time. And I know a lot of people who are taking guitar lessons and trying to improve their own musical skills while they're home. And because I, I was talking with Steve Van Zant, actually was not on the show, was just off air. And, you know, I was saying, God, you know, it's going to be so challenging without there's no concerts and you can't even imagine 50,000 people in a stadium seeing Springsteen or the who or the stones. And what's that going to be like? And how will music survive? And, you know, he said, listen, from the day of the caveman, you know, when they first were just putting those two rocks together, I mean, they were starting music. We'll figure it out. Leave it to us, the musicians. We'll, we'll figure it out. And I think that's kind of the attitude that, that you really, really have to take with you throughout all of this. I'm going to let our listeners go back and, and hear the first interview to talk about Shark Tank specifically. And Kim's story is wonderful, but I'm not going to make her repeat it. But I was wondering, though, I thought about this the other night because it's constantly on in my house, my wife, my daughter, my son. It just seems somewhere in, in some room in this house at some point, Shark Tank is on. I was curious, though, if you feel like you've learned anything from future episodes. I think really what I've, you know, continued to learn is that people's spirits will never stop. And I think that's really important. I know that for me, I've talked to a lot of small business owners and founders that are thinking about going on the show. And what always amazes me is I'm the first one to tell them, listen, guys, This could go horribly wrong. I always tell people it's just like American Idol. There are good singers and there are bad singers. So just because those producers are telling you, yeah, yeah, we'd love to have you on the show. What do you think they were telling those American Idol bad singers? They were going, yeah, yeah, we'd love to have you audition. (laughs) 
Absolutely. As they knew that the good TV was going to be this warbling person trying to butcher this song. And so I continue to tell founders, you know, just know that you could end up as a bad singer. And what always amazes me is they go, yeah, but I have to try. And I, I try to carry that message forward and, and tell it to everyone. It's like, even though it's scary, even though people might laugh at you, even though people might tell you you're crazy, and not only do that, but do it on national TV, which is a whole nother level of people laughing at you and telling you're crazy. The fact that you're still going out there and trying is to me sort of the ultimate learning lesson. And if anyone could take anything away from Shark Tank beyond the business lessons and the products and the services, it would be, wow, really commending these individuals for getting out there and trying, knowing full well that they could get laughed at and made fun of. That's a true reality. And from someone who worked in television and was actually on a game show myself, Love Connection, many, many years ago, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I know what the producers tell people. And I'm sure Shark Tank is exactly, exactly that way. And you can wind up, like you said, like American Idol being, you know, one of those people that go viral for the wrong reason. (laughs) So I'm going to play a bit of a song here, a little experiment. I usually would have them do it in the studio, but I'm just playing a couple seconds. I'm going to see if this works. Now, why did I do that? Well, this is something you said to the other day, which I think is so true, is that time is on your side. And right now, Most of us have more time than we ever expected. And I know you believe strongly about how people should use this time. Absolutely. I think that all of the times that people say, I don't have time to learn that second language. I don't have time to read that book. I don't have time to do that extra learning lesson. Now is the time. There's no excuses. You are trapped in your home around your four walls, or if you're not trapped in your home, you're at least probably not doing a lot of traveling, getting on airplanes, going on tons of unnecessary meetings. Now is the time. And if you're going to ever get around to doing any of those things that you've mentioned, now is it. And so you've got nothing but time. And then it really begs the question, did you actually just have not have time or did you not want to do it? Because that's the other thing is I think sometimes people lie to themselves a little bit and say, oh, I would definitely do that if they have the time. And the truth of the matter is they just wouldn't or they don't want it enough to make the time. And so now that we have all this time, I think we're really going to see, do you actually want to do those things or do you just want to tell people that you could if you would? It's so true. It's so true. So Kim and I really have this in common. We both truly love to share good ideas when we can and help and mentor people. It's it's really a beautiful thing. And I know personally how much it brings me such satisfaction. And I know you feel the same. Obviously, you talked about the five LinkedIn secrets and with 40 million Americans out of work. That's something that people really should pay attention to. So before I let you go, I like to ask everybody, I guess it's a Tim Ferriss question because I kind of picked it up from reading Tribe of Mentors one day, but I, I just love it. And the answers that I've had to this question have been so great. So a genie just kind of granted you this giant billboard and you can put any message you want on it, Kim. 
what would it be and why? That's a great question. I actually also listened to Tim's podcast and you know he ends his podcast with this as well. And it's always I always think to myself, oh my gosh, there's so many things I would put on that, <laughs> put on that billboard. <laughs> but I think if I had to pick just one, it would be what young person can you help? Or which young person, correct grammar, my mother, my mm-hmm. English teacher mother would <laughs> but, but which young person can you help? Because to me, sort of the biggest service that we can all do that it costs no money and it doesn't have an entry fee, anyone could do it. I don't care if you are a doctor. I don't care if you're a janitor. I don't care what you do or where you do it. You can help a young person. And so I think mentorship is, it's the soapbox that I will continue to stand and on and it's the hill I choose to die on constantly, but mentorship and really forming those connections with the next generation is what's going to make the difference. And I wish that people would really look in their own lives, whether it's a niece or a nephew, or maybe it's a granddaughter, or maybe it's a neighbor, or maybe it's a coworker's friend. There are young people in your circle. They are not that far from you. I have a lot of people say, oh, but I don't, I don't know any young people. I guarantee you there are young people in your circle. It is not that hard to find to offer your, you know, offer your ear and offer your wisdom and your lessons because we all have them. And I think even if it's a virtual coffee, those lessons are so, so important. And these, these young people are not getting them from textbooks and these young people are not getting them from TikTok or from Instagram or from Snapchat. They need to get them from real humans, real people that they can see and meet and touch and know on a personal basis. It's so, so true. And think about all the kids that are graduated college in the last few weeks and where our unemployment rate is and what an extra challenge it's going to be for those folks to find work, let alone people that are just graduating high school and not even sure if they're even going to go to college next year. There are a lot of people, and there are a lot of people being furloughed and laid off. And it reminds me back in 2008 and 2009, I hadn't thought about this in a while, but I worked with a business coach and we put together these things called laid off camps. And we held them at local universities and we brought in the best of the best. I would bring in a Kim Kaup to talk about LinkedIn. I would bring in someone who's really good with resumes. I would bring in somebody who can talk about public speaking. And because you had so many people getting back into the workforce that were my age at the time, which back then would have been in my mid 40s. And it's just such an important thing and and what a great way to give back and that's a really great billboard. I mean that's really ultimately what what people people do. I mentioned earlier about the Oprah tour, but I wanted to ask you before I let you go, what do you think virtual fandom looks like? Cuz that's a whole other world for you. Yeah, I think virtual fandom is really going to become about that personal relationship and convenience. And I think we've seen a little bit of this in Instagram and Facebook. I know I am very guilty of going on Instagram and seeing that my friend has tagged a friend. I click on her name. I'm on some person's profile. I don't know. I I see that they recommended a book. Oh, and I'm looking at the book. And <laughs> I joke that it's a rabbit hole and suddenly I'm five degrees away. Away from where I started, but I've I've gone down this rabbit hole, and 
that fandom is exactly what's going to happen. I think moving forward, it's just going to happen digitally. So instead of necessarily going into a bar and sort of hearing that local band and then saying, oh, I like that song, it's going to be more word of mouth and more friends and family recommendations. I know in this pandemic, I've gotten so many recommendations, not only from friends and family, but my my tribe, my community, whether it's on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook, whether it's recipes, whether it's book recommendations. You know, I was really excited. We did our coffee with Kim on Wednesday. I needed a book recommendation and I was shocked by how many people, I think the last, when I counted, it was over 35 recommendations of business books and that's incredible. And so those people to me, like that is influencers, like that is somebody who's now influencing what I'm going to read next. And that's sort of, you know, whether you call it influencer or fandom, or ambassador. I mean, it's, you know, there's tons of names for it, but I think that that's going to start happening digitally now more than ever before. What was it like on the road, on the Oprah tour? Did you, did you feel like you learned a lot from, from her and some of the other speakers? I mean, you were, you were there every night, so to speak. So you probably took in a great deal. Absolutely. I think that she obviously is an amazing leader and, you know, that goes without saying and is such a force to be reckoned with. But I also think that what I found really surprising and, and listen, I've worked in this business for nine years and, you know, you rattled off some of our clients. We've worked with a, a very large array of them, but she is one of the only ones that I've worked with that started off every single thing she did, whether it was a meeting, whether it was the night before the tour, whether it was that morning that she was going on stage and really started off every single thing saying, what is the intention behind this? What are, what are we trying to do? And that was my biggest takeaway because I know that I am definitely guilty of it. I'm sure we all are guilty of it, that we're rushing through life. We're putting these agenda items on the calendar. Okay, let's do this meeting and this meeting. And you don't really sometimes sit back and say, okay, well, what's the intention of this meeting? What, what are we really trying to get out of this meeting? Or if you're having a hard conversation with somebody in your family about, you know, why you're not coming home for the holidays or anything like, what are the real intentions? What are, what's really going on here? And if the real intention is, you know, Hey, I just need to kind of protect my sanity. And it really drains me when I come home saying that instead of just saying, Oh, I'm not coming home for the holidays. It's really like, Hey, you know, I need to protect my, my energy and I find it really draining. And so it's something that I really am going to take with me moving forward because that intention setting changed a lot of directions that we went in that I think wouldn't have gotten changed otherwise because we were all in a rush and you're in the day-to-day process and taking that moment to step back and think can make a world of difference. Well, that's so true. And I know I threw in a bunch of book names to you and I'm going to throw one more in. And she was a guest on my show and folks can listen to a past episode. But at that time, I hadn't had a chance to read her book and the timing on this particular book, which is called Reinvent Your Life. What are you waiting for? And it's written by a woman named Kathy Sharp Ross and Quincy Jones wrote the forward. But Kathy is been an entrepreneur for her whole life, but what basically she does, she works in Beverly Hills and she's been kind of almost like a super agent in, in many ways. And and she works with brands and businesses throughout decades. And the people that she interviewed in this book and the lessons that are learned 
really shows it doesn't matter what age you are. Reinvention will come in all shapes and sizes. You know, it just starts with a dose of curiosity, of entitlement, and a little bit of courage. And that particular book, throw it on your list too, Kim, because I think it really, the timing of something like that, and she had no idea when she worked on that last year, how important that would be. So Kim, I can't thank you enough. I'm really glad we could spend more time together, albeit a few thousand miles apart this time, but you always bring the A-game, pandemic or no pandemic, and every pun, please check out Kim's LinkedIn learning channel that we mentioned. The first one she did is just incredible, and I'm really excited to take a look at what you put together. Certainly going to be worth the 10 bucks, and you can go to her website too, kimkalp.com for more joy, and I can't wait to see what you do next. I'm, I'm sure you've got some big plans already that you're working on. I know you're probably working on a number of different things. So I'm sure we'll have an opportunity post-pandemic to sit down and talk again. Folks, thank you so much for listening to the show. Remember to subscribe. Please stay safe. Wear your masks. Better days are coming. Keep having a reason to believe. And remember, when saving for your financial future, pay yourself first. Have a great week. 